Hello. Hello, of course. Welcome on in. Um, what's good? Uh, good-natured men and women of of the program, of the fight, uh, of the cause. It's good to be of the cause, uh, before the cause, before the cause. Be before the cause, be after the cause. But always be, but never be against the cause. That's what I wanted to say to you. So let me explain. Let me explain myself. I made a TikTok recently and it got 120 likes. Yeah, I'm I'm so good. That's how I feel in my heart. Um, wow, 120. How'd you do it? Well, it, it was it's a lot of years of hard work. Um, I recorded myself giving my own commentary of a uh, golf broadcast. I wish that I could just broadcast in instead of the broadcasters at any for any sporting event, but obviously like NBC and CBS have the rights to all of that and so they would come after me. But maybe I could do something like that on Discord because Discord no rules. I could broadcast myself making fun of sporting events on Discord. Um I'm just not jumping into that pool yet. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that I'm not diving into. I'm diving in, I'm going deep. In over my head, I want to be. Um, I'm not going to go through the rest of that song. If you, if you grew up in a Christian family in the early 2000s in the Midwest, then um, you know what that song is. They play it on the fish. The speaking of the fish, Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus Christ associates himself with fish, but um, I made this. I made the TikTok and. One of the comments that somebody left was, this video confuses me. And um, that got me thinking like, about how very often in life, this is feedback that I get, that something that I'm trying to do is just confusing, including like, um, probably when I make this podcast, any people who listen to it, they don't really know where I'm coming from, or they don't know what I'm trying to do. And it probably just sounds confusing because... It would be difficult to discern what is the point. And, um, like, I realized that I should take it upon myself maybe more to consider this feedback that maybe I'm confusing to people. Because to me, I feel like people should know what I'm talking about, but actually they don't. But it's like, it's kind of beyond me. I, I don't understand why people don't know what I mean when I'm saying, but oftentimes they don't. Like, that's often the case. People are like, I don't know what you mean. Or like, are you being serious or not? Um, and so rather than criticize this feedback I get, I realize that maybe I should try to figure out, or maybe I should like try to explain what I'm doing. But like on this podcast, for example, I feel like I should be cryptic or just in life. I feel like maybe the point is to be cryptic or it's like, oh, you don't want to be figured out. Like I am going, I mean, I am trying to be confusing. That's part of it. Um, but really it's like, what if I died? And um, what if I lived my whole life and then I died and then people never got the joke or whatever the joke is, whatever I'm saying, what if people never understood it, which is a possibility like that occurred to me when I read that comment, I was like, you know what? It's possible that people just like, I mean, a wide, not that everybody doesn't understand me. People do definitely. Um, but like, if I'm trying to be mainstream appeal, 
then um, which maybe that's impossible for someone like me. Maybe it is possible. I don't really know. But um, then I have to, like, I should explain what I'm doing is what I'm saying. So let me explain my most previous episode or break down some of the things that I said. Because I did watch it back just one time. And um, I I know what I was I know the things that I said or to that I could bring up and explain. Um, let me explain that when I talk about dogs and dog people, I don't really know why. I mean, it might sound like I'm getting heated or I'm trying to start a fight with dog people. It's the the reason I do that is because um, I talk about dogs. I'm making this podcast called Currency. For some reason, as long as I titled it Currency, it does bring up certain things that I find to be more current or more money-making. Like, not that dogs make money, but they they kind of do because you can get, like, you can get a million likes on TikTok with a good dog video over and over again, or on YouTube. And YouTube and TikTok translates into money for you. And so, I mean, in recent years in human history, we figure out we see how you can monetize these, but it's like, uh, this happens over and over again, ad infinitum. There's no point at which people will be sick of dogs. You can, they like, even though dogs do similar things all the time, you can make so many different TikToks that would get a million views from your dog doing something because every dog is different. Um, and they have their own corks and every, every one of those corks is funny to people or it's worth like a million likes if it's a, if it's like a genuine cork. And, um, so it's like dogs are kind of money making and this just, this just arises for me to speak about as long as this is what the title of the podcast is. And, um, so like you might listen to an episode of mine, like the last one I did is called Interesting. I am trying to make an episode, to me what I'm doing is like, um, kind of like, a, to me it's like a work of art or something, because what I try to do is talk about a subject, but also, I mean, in this case for this podcast, yeah, like I don't want to give everything away, but also I recognize that more people could be listening, like there's not enough people listening that it's like, I need to keep it a secret, like I'm being too cryptic so I should be more, I should, I should be more revealing. Um, so I'll be naked in the next one. I'll, I'll get progressively more naked as this podcast goes on in an attempt to be more revealing. Um, but, uh, you only ever see my torso. So, um, I'm just wearing a shirt right now and no, I'm not, I'm just kidding. But anyway, like what you need to understand is that if I make an episode like interesting in this podcast, which I'm doing things a little different from when I was making identity, I started a new podcast. And, um, so it's a little bit different where I am trying to, I like now I'm making episodes about things that I am more so and identity wasn't really like that. Um, but so what I'm trying to do is, like, what's artistic about it to me is if you can make an episode where you're talking about the subject, but also the episode is an example of that same thing that you're talking about, that's that's an important thing that I try to do. Also, I wanted to have a theme, 
And in the previous episode, as I was talking out loud about what I'm doing when I make this podcast or what is my motivation, because I still am a little bit unclear. Also, I speak all of these things off the top of my head, generally. Like, the the episode is... Um, I'm just... I'm just talking about it. I don't know sometimes what I'm going to talk about beforehand. But even if I do know what I'm going to talk about beforehand, I don't know what words I'm going to say. I don't even have bullet points in front of me. A couple of occasions in the past, I have used bullet points for, like, if it was an episode I wanted to, uh, like, be on theme or something. But, like, um, I'm saying that... um, but anyway, so the dogs, the reason I bring up dog people, like, I think about it every time when I criticize, like, the dog world, that I know all these people who have dogs, and I feel bad, and that is the penalty I, I pay, the guilt I feel days after releasing an episode where I criticize dogs. I feel bad about, like, now people, if people I know see that, they're going to think I'm attacking them or something. And, um, it's really like, it might sound heated toward dogs, dog people, and it is, and it's like, I do, I do criticize them harshly, but, um, it's not, it's just sometimes like, I figure that people I know would watch this and then they expect me, expect a certain thing out of me, and then, um, or anybody, it doesn't have to be people I know, it's just like, I, th- sometimes I get into this territory where I think that people are expecting it a certain character that they've seen in the past, or it's like, I want to be accepted as like what, what would normally ensue if you started talking about dogs and were mean about it. Then it's like, it's hard for me to not slip into a character that just hates everybody or something like that, because that's what people would think it was. The reason I talk about dogs is because I have a dog and literally like in my brain all the time, my brain is telling me, get rid of that dog. And so when I talk about dog people, it's kind of like projected or misplaced anger that I have toward the entire dog community that's kind of misplaced from me just hating the one dog. Um, But I don't hate him all the time. Like maybe I'm a little bipolar or something. Um, Or it's like I like him a lot sometimes and then I hate him a lot other times. And... um, it's so it's like in my brain during certain times maybe like half the time or maybe like 15 percent of percent of the time my brain is like telling me to get rid of this dog or like he's walking around in my house like this is an issue um and since i'm not allowed to do that because like socially it seems unacceptable to me um to get rid of him after i've owned him owned him for a couple years i um I'm not able to do that, and then it kind of, like, the th- the thoughts just kind of turn into resentment, and then it's, like, manifests itself as worse thoughts, like, actually, since I can't get rid of him, and this is what I, my brain is telling me to do all the time, and I'm just resisting what I, like, know that I have to do, because it's, like, I keep telling myself to do that, for whatever reason, I don't know why, I can't stop it, I'm powerless to stop it, stop thinking, like, get rid of him, um, because of that, it kind of manifests itself later as, like, now I just want to throw bricks at his face all the time. And so, my problem is, I don't hear, I can't be the first person that this has happened to. And I'm not. Like, I guess, 
that's why a lot of people beat their dog or something. I don't do that um, because I know it's against the law. And so then it just kind of like makes me angrier and angrier, really, uh, because it's against the law. And so I wouldn't like, because I'm a good person, what I like to do is get on here and explain my example in life be, so that other people who go through this situation can hear this because I don't hear this anywhere else that anybody has this problem where they're like angry at their dog because everybody just says how great it is. And that kind of pisses me off. And so I just want to share this so that other people aren't alone in this experience the way that I feel alone because I'm a good person. Um, so got that out, out of the way because I'm a good person. But uh, let me also explain in the previous episode, the previous episode was a little bit more jokey um some episodes i do are more serious some of them are more jokes but um like when i when i said that like elizabeth holmes elizabeth holmes started theranos which is a fake company and then it rose to nine billion dollars then it turned out that she was a fraud so i was like kind of comparing myself to her like oh maybe my podcast is a fraud that's sort of like uh that's sort of like a joke i'm doing it's a joke because it's not actually like that. Also, I'm speaking off the top of my head, so I just kind of like say a lot of random things that I thought of only for the first time while I was thinking of them. Thinking of them, but like, um, I make that comparison because it's it's a joke to me. I know that it isn't like that because Elizabeth Holmes didn't actually produce anything. The product that she had, that like uh, the nine billion dollars was centered around, that her company ended up being worth the the product didn't even work so she didn't even have a a functioning product i produce something every time uh like obviously or to me that's obvious and so it's okay if i compare myself to elizabeth holmes like everybody should know that it isn't actually like that because i produce an episode every time it's clear what i am producing um and so in in the same respect i i like to joke about that I, I do like to appear like a guy who is falling apart that holds a special place in my heart, even even on stage sometimes. But it's like, it's not something I'm pretending to do. I am kind of a guy that's falling apart. But because I'm just like a little uh, unstable or turbulent, but um, so it's like if I ended up that way on stage doing comedy, it's kind of like intentional but not intentional. But it's like, What's important about it is that I don't have to be that way all the time because that's not actually what I'm what I'm interested in communicating. But so it's like uh, I do often I have a hard time trying to think of it like it's just a general audience and separate out that people I know hear it. And sometimes I think it's like a fight maybe between people I know that even though it it isn't like that's just kind of like paranoia I'm making up in my own head but I imagine that they want me to uh look bad or something and so or or say that I'm like a faker but to me it's kind of like a joke to say that it's it's like uh like for pretend like I was saying in the last or kind of alluding to or have alluded to like it's kind of like that's maybe what people would want it to be is that it turns out I was faking but of course that isn't the case because it's clear what I'm producing every time 
because I already did it or I already do talk for an hour in a row. Um, not that I intended all of that when I was talking, like the, this is how it will, these are all of my intentions or something. Those aren't really my intentions, but I do have intentions. But like, as I make an episode, I don't, I don't really complete the product until I know what the title is. And I titled them after I spoke. And it's like, but the entirety of the podcast doesn't work that way. I already know the title, but then because I know the title, I, I do work underneath it. And then what arises as a result of that are, I'm speaking of the, of current things, but also if I am speaking on behalf of currency, I have to talk about the most current things like, uh, like Jesus Christ or like dogs. And, um, and like Jesus Christ or like dogs. So let me talk about the camel going through the eye of the needle passage from the Bible, um, which states a couple of things, but it's like people who are biblical or people who are secular bring up this passage. Even if you're not really Christian, like the world brings up this passage. I feel like I hear about it a lot or people are always bringing it up. Um, it stands out in the Bible and it's interesting how in the Bible there are certain passages or just certain verses that surface or ha gain visibility, gain popularity, and then there's all these verses that we completely ignore, like the Christian world ignores, because they're just, we consider them to be like filler, but then there's the celebrity verses that surface that are popular, that gain visibility, get memed to everybody that are, that are more memorable, that we pass around. Uh, they're more current. They're more because they get passed around and they're more in circulation. The more that something is passed around is the more liquid that it is. And uh, I'm just making the connection now between liquidity and uh, visibility and popularity and currency. That's something that is in motion more. The thing, the verses that are the most popular are the ones that are in motion the most because they're like, they're, they're given to everybody or everybody. You can find them in so many places. If you can find it in lots of places, it's more liquid. Like the US dollar is the currency in the world that can be found in the most places. I would argue this is grounds to say it is the most liquid currency, but it, the best currency. The best currency is the most liquid currency. Coincidental or not, currents in water, like, and, and money is like water because it's always moving. Um, but camel goes through the eye of the needle. Let me interpret this passage for you because there's very many interpretations of it or like people can't figure it out. And that's why it keeps coming up, um, especially in the Christian church. But the thing is that the Christian church talks about it a lot. There's a lot of noise about it because I think because they have problems being like rich people. And then the passage is saying it's harder for a rich man to go through the eye of a I it's harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God is this parable it's this parable in the Bible that Jesus says that's what Jesus said um basically here's how the story goes um a rich man comes up to Jesus and he's like um how can I follow you or how can I enter the kingdom of heaven and following Jesus as spoken in this passage you'll find out is very similar to entering the kingdom of heaven. They're all they're almost like the same thing. But the the rich man is like Jesus. How can I enter heaven, or uh, how can I be saved? Basically, the passage also 
says that that's that's an equivalent thing in the same passage and um he's like how can i be saved and jesus is like well you have to keep in order to be saved you have to keep all of your commandments you have to not commit adultery you have to not steal you have to whatever like commandments that are known biblical commandments i don't know if they were all like the 10 commandments uh, mentioned earlier in the bible but um the rich man is like I have kept all of my commandments since I was a boy. And then the next verse says, Jesus heard him say this, and he loved this man. Jesus loved this man for keeping all of his commandments. This is something that is spoken. And um, Jesus heard this. He, he loved this man. And then Jesus is like, tell you what. Why don't you, so you, you've kept all your commandments. Here's one other thing you, you can do. And Jesus is like trying to throw this guy with this. Um, he's like, sell all of your possessions and then you can follow me. And the rich man is like, ah, oh, fuck, you got me because I'm rich. I can't sell all my possessions. And then Jesus says to his disciples, um, and I feel like in Mark, there's a couple passages where it mentions this, Mark 10 and Matthew 19. And I feel like in Mark 10, it sounded like Jesus was like laughing or joking, like, like he beat him or something. Let me, let me look that up real quick. Um, but Jesus says to his disciples, it's harder for a rich man, it's harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, and in Matthew 19, it says before that, Jesus is like, I tell you this, it is very hard for a rich man to go into the kingdom of God. And then he says, it's harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, etc. Um, like he prefaces it in Matthew 19 with that it is hard. And then he's like, speaking hyperbolically he's like it is harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for rich man to go through going to the kingdom of god um but the point of him saying that is just that it is impossible for a rich man it is nearly impossible but but since he says in matthew 19 like i tell you this it is hard he's basically saying it's difficult but and then like speaking hyperbolically because he's just kind of like like shit talking a little bit He's like, it's, yeah, it's harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle because he beat this guy who came up to him because this is a fight, this is a challenge and this rich man is a worthy competitor because he has kept all of his commandments and this is why Jesus loves him is because Jesus is the same as him because Jesus has also kept all of his commandments since he was a boy. Um, and this is why Jesus loves him. It's speaking to the similarity between them. Like you're going to be connected to the people that are very, very much like you. And so like Jesus doesn't run into this very often and so it's like, peculiar or it's kind of rare and so it's like rare enough that he loves him and so it's it's almost like this guy coming up to jesus is like a competitor to jesus because it's almost like he's done all of the things that jesus did or like he's doing what jesus does to that jesus does to make himself significant but jesus is like well you're not as good as me if you didn't sell all of your possessions um because jesus is saying like well i am better than you I have kept all my commandments, but what makes what distinguishes me from you is that I sold all my possessions, and it's like an allusion to how Jesus came down from heaven, uh, is the is the Son of God, and He gave all of that up just to be a man. Um, so Jesus accomplished this and has the authority to speak on it. And the Gospels are often speaking about how um, the Gospels are often speaking about how Jesus has the 
authority and the disciples are surprised by the authority and the Pharisees and people surrounding they're surprised with the authority with which Jesus speaks so it's like Jesus says it and people know that he deserves to say it or something like Jesus actually deserves to say this you can only follow me and I am the leader because I've accomplished this and you are under my authority as long as you didn't also sell all of your possessions because that's what I did so it's like it's actually not impossible because Jesus did it um but he is speaking hyperbolically like it's basically impossible to do that. It's, a, it's almost as impossible as becoming Jesus or becoming the greatest guy ever. Um, and I would argue that Christ is the greatest guy ever. I don't know how you could say somebody else. Like, who would you say is better? I'd say that Jesus Christ and other religious aficionados that we remember they're a little they're kind of like political geniuses like jesus is like a political genius maybe the best ever probably he's like the greatest because he got he got all of us to name time after him but who would you say compares to that maybe muhammad maybe gandhi but really muhammad and gandhi aren't they don't get more credit than jesus jesus gets the most credit if there is as an individual if there's one individual we can look to like who is the man who would you say besides Jesus? Probably Jesus. But like being the man is so sought after, especially by men. Um, and so like, yeah, maybe if you believe in Islam, you'd be like, Muhammad is the greatest. But I'm saying that overall, for the as far as the entire world is concerned, I know that I'm biased because I do come from a Christian background and I'm not trying to but like bias aside, I think that since we named all the time after Jesus, you'd say that he probably won uh, or like he's he's that guy. You know, he's he's the guy. He's that guy. But like he um, and so that's why he has all this authority or, or did whatever. And so like Muhammad is like a political genius and Gandhi is like a political genius. And the same way as that Hitler is a political genius. um. It's just Hitler did it in infamy instead of fame, or he got negative attention. He's kind of like Rebecca Black as opposed to Madonna. Madonna gets attention for making great pop music. Rebecca gets Rebecca Black gets attention for making terrible pop music. Um, it, Hitler is the same way, and and war is kind of like artistic. It's like um, it's kind of ruthless to say this, but they World War Two is like a giant art project created by the entire world that configured collectively by the entire by the entire world but like but Hitler is an artist and he was a painter when he was younger um and it's always like uh the those it's like you gotta watch out for those weird white guys that's if they get a few drinks in them they start saying that well Hitler wasn't such a bad guy you know and that's what I'm trying to avoid today but like there it takes a lot of artistic ability to create your own political party and then um have a vision for it such get people on board with it such that that political party ends up having the most power after like 10 years whereas like 10 years before that it didn't even exist like to have that vision and create a new political party and then have that rise to power think of if that was possible in america it's impossible nobody's going to make a new political party over here and then all of a sudden that is the party that has all the power so it's like I guess Germany kind of offers the ability, offered the ability for that to happen, but you have to have some, you have to have a vision for that. And it's like, uh, it's kind of like art, but 
so it's like Hitler is kind of like a almost like an antichrist figure. He's a negative Jesus. And um, so anyway, Jesus says this is harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Here's what this passage means. Jesus is talking about how um, rich men can't enter the kingdom of heaven because they're already in it. And he, he emphasizes entering it. Um, entering the kingdom of heaven is the important part of emphasis, point of emphasis, because the rich man is basically already there. The rich man is already saved. He's, al he's already rich, but entering the kingdom of heaven is the same thing as being rich or being saved. But after Jesus said, it's harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, the dis it says the disciples were astonished and they said, Jesus, how will anybody be saved then? And this just goes to show that the passage is communicating this is an impossible task rather than that, like, oh, well, maybe a rich man can get into heaven, get into heaven, which is what, in from what I've gathered, the modern day Christian church tries to interpret this passage to say that, well, it's not exactly that a rich man can't get into the heaven, kingdom of heaven, even though that's exactly what the Bible is saying. But it's kind of like modern day Christians do not want to give up their money for things besides like the church and they give it up to the church because they think they'll be blessed later on. And uh, like modern day Christians are literally like penny pinching. But I mean, if you go into the Christian church because you want safety, you want, or you want to be like the son of the king of, you want to reign in eternity forever and like get crowns in heaven. You want the ultimate reward, which is like an eternity of rewards, which is a better reward than anything you find on earth. And that's why you get into Christianity is like you get saved, you get saved so that you will go to heaven for eternity. And so Christians have a hard time, since modern day Christians are all saved, they have a hard time looking at this passage and saying like, because they see themselves as a rich man. And so then they have to come up with some other reason like, oh, it it, it is possible for a camel to go through. They come up with, Christians come up with interpretations like, well, what this passage is saying is there's a gate in Jerusalem that that back in the day used to be wide enough and they called it like something that sounded like a needle and a camel could, even though a camel probably couldn't go through it, it maybe could, rather than saying like, um, it means the eye of a sewing needle. And uh, from what I've read about it, they it would be really easy, really feasible to interpret the passage as what they mean is just a sewing needle, just as you would think it sounds. But just as you'd think it sounds, the, the pastor's just saying it's basically impossible. But Christians try to get out of it because they're kind of in the position of the rich man because they're already saved, which is the same as the rich man. He's already saved. Um, but this is like, this is what's important about the passage is Jesus making this distinction about how it's impossible to enter the kingdom of heaven. And if you look at the... Earlier in the chapter, both in Mark 10 and Matthew 19, in this same chapter, um, to provide context for this, is the passage about the little children coming to Jesus, and the disciples rebuke the kids. They're like, no, don't come to Jesus. Jesus is like, let the little children come to me, because these are the kinds of people that enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, but what he's saying is that you kind of have to have the uh, faith of a child um, in order to receive something. But it's a passage about how entering into the kingdom of heaven means that you have to not be in it beforehand. Being like being saved automatically implies that you're being saved from something. But Jesus is saying that you have to um, not, 
you have to be a sinner first or like you you have to be somebody in a position able to receive it or get better but basically the passage is saying like your life won't get any better if it's already as good as it's going to get or something like that and it kind of goes along with other times where it says the last shall be first and the first shall be last and um like Jesus is saying, you want to be in a position where your life can always get better. You can't be in that position where you're already a rich man. It's impossible if you're rich to enter into it because you're already there. Um, and oh, anything else I want to say about that? Like there, like Jesus, um, the disciples, Jesus. Jesus is really, Jesus is cool, but they're, um, it's like Jesus is cool. And it's kind of like, uh, Jesus fended off this guy because he's better than him in this respect, or he's better than, better than everybody. But it's talking about like meeting Jesus or getting there is about, you have to come from a place where you weren't and then you have to receive it. But once the disciples said, um, well, Jesus, then how can anybody be saved? And they're astonished because Jesus said another one of those things where they're like, how does he have the authority to say this? And Jesus says in response to them, well, with man, everything, with man, things are impossible. With God, all things are possible. But in other words, in the direction of God, and it's talking about there's these two relative truths, the truth of man, and the truth of God, the truth of man has fewer possibilities the truth of God is more is more freeing. If you and this is like he's aligning a spectrum where at one end of the spectrum you have the truth of man, the other end you have the truth of God. And if you go in the direction towards the truth of God, from the truth of man, like from man to God, you go in the direction of freedom and more, more possibilities. From God to man, it goes in a more impossible direction. Um so it's speaking about the direction of like you have to go or like move up the like receiving it. Um, and so there's that, there's, there's that. I'm trying to remember all the things that I for sure wanted to say about this. The, so there's the passage about Jesus doing that. There's the kingdom. It's harder for a rich man, but so Jesus is, is innocent. Jesus is innocent. The same way that this man is but jesus is like the ultimate innocent because he followed his father's instructions every day of his life until he died and um it's like maybe he's an example of somebody who is completely innocent who never sins you know what happens to that guy he gets crucified by people around him because at some point the other people around him can't take it anymore because he's better than them it's, at some point the people attack him for it um so i guess if you sin you live longer but so Jesus, Jesus did that, but like Jesus is kind of the guy and he is the man and um, to the point that, and we're living in an era defined by him. And I think that that's important. And there are other people that are speaking to the same thing about this time. For example, Jordan Peterson is bringing up quite a bit how the Bible is like um, so standard to our way of life that you can't ignore it. Um, but it's like, he's saying the things that Christians are saying, but he's saying in a kind of more modern way. Uh, and I feel like when the Bible says you can't, you can't go to 
heaven except through Christ. I think that this is sort of true of the world we live in. Like maybe the world needs to recognize something about their relationship to Christ because everybody does have a relationship to it because every single year that happens, we keep counting his years. Every year that happens, we're like, that's another year that Jesus is alive, basically. And that's what we think, or that's what Christians have convinced us of, or people that wanted to name time after Jesus have convinced us of, that he's still alive. That's why we keep counting his years. And um, he's still still alive. But like the what I'm saying right now is that we're in an era defined by Christ. And coincidentally, we're kind of in an era defined by men. And I would, I would go so far as to say that I don't know how it works if you are both a Christian and somebody who doesn't like the patriarchy. That should be impossible. Because I think that a lot of the power of the patriarchy is uh, because of Jesus Christ in the era that we're defined. We're in an era defined by man. And also, it's an era defined by who is the greatest man, and as long as he is the guy we're naming time after. And this is the era. This is like the era of competition among men, and where men are valued more. Because we're naming time after one man. for, And that's the reward for being the best man. Um... And so what ensues is an era defined by men, and it's the, it is the patriarchy. Basically, the only thing that's lasted as long as the patriarchy is Jesus. And so don't tell me you're a Christ follower, but also a feminist, because it's like uh, they're kind of like men in some senses get power off of the title the fact like if you want to go after man men go after their hero and nobody nobody goes after the hero he mostly goes untouched and also if you try to criticize jesus people will come after you interestingly enough in this world that's so open-minded to women um e in public places you can't well like it's not uh you're you're still not supposed to criticize jesus like it's not just at a church that you can't do that is what i'm saying um Jesus, Jesus, I wanted to say, I wanted to say that, but like, it's the patriarchy, Jesus, and um, it's it's really like, um, the way that I see it is that the world is, we're under the umbrella of Christ, whether we like it or not, and like, you can always say that, well, just as many other religions are as good, and if you're arguing that Christ is the best, you're just really biased to your religion. And so that would be something to watch out for. It's just that the world is actively ignoring that we keep counting Jesus's years. And um, it's really like if humanity was a psychiatrist, they would, I mean, not a psychiatrist. If humanity was one person, if it was an individual, and it saw a psychiatrist or a counselor or a therapist, um, if if humanity saw a psychiatrist, the psychiatrist would be like, so what's this whole deal with Jesus? Why do you feel like you always have to be concealed by that? Because that's that's what I think it is. And when you look at passages in the Bible that say, you can't come to the Father except through me. Like, maybe there's something very real about that. Like, the world is always stuck under this inhibited um, border named Jesus, authority, and... Um, inhibiting border that we're like we're stuck within it whether we like it or not like obviously you can get outside of it but it's like if you're somebody who is actively like no i don't go to church i'm not a jesus follower 
you are the Jesus followers have grounds to call you a sinner because you're kind of like you kind of are a sinner because you're actively ignoring what era that we're living in. Um, it's like it's kind of hard, like you, like well, you are one, and I'd say that they have legal grounds to do that, do Christians, because we are in the era defined by the guy. It's just like you can't just say that he doesn't mean anything. Um, it's the same with the Bible. You can say the Bible doesn't mean anything, but, but the Bible, as I was watching, um, Jordan Peterson was on Andrew Schultz podcast and they were talking about the Bible and Jordan Peterson said something and Andrew Schultz was like, so the Bible is kind of like the greatest hits of humanity. And it is, it's, it's like the greatest hits, the greatest stories that are most central to our experiences in life, um, are found in the Bible. So it's like the Bible is important. It's integral. It's I mean, it's like we can't even separate it from who we are is like because the because of the stories are just all the stories are in there. The stories are already who we are. And it's it's kind of like the living word or something. And uh, when when there's a passage, you can't go to the God except for Jesus. Maybe Jesus is kind of like a separator from the entire world separates us from God. But he Jesus is kind of like a technology that is meant to do that. That keeps everybody safe for however long for as long as we define the era to him and it's kind of like as we see this like more empowerment of women and people say things like we're entering the age of aquarius or possibly an age that is defined by something other than what we're defining it by now we do we do continue to live in an era defined by competing egos and men that are rewarded for that i feel like what gives men the platform to do that is we're in an era defined by who can be the best man. Who is the best man is what we title it. But like um, what I was saying was if, you, if humanity was a individual and they um, went inside a psychiatrist, the psychiatrist would be like, what is your problem with dogs? Like why do dogs frequently come up so much? Because like I'm saying it's okay to look at humanity at the scope of an individual like do go there if you want to go to that length look at all of humanity as one thing and then you would see that like well humanity kind of has this thing with dogs where they keep they always want to have them around or they keep bringing them up and um jesus in the bible i looked up a couple of verses like jesus talking about dogs and it's always negative jesus does not concern himself does not associate himself with dogs he always talks about them in the worst ways um and i'm i'm gonna title this episode Christ and Christ is the Christ means the Messiah, the anointed one. And um he is like the he's he's the guy, right? Christ means the anointed one, the chosen chosen one. He is he is the guy, he's that guy. But like Christ and I'm not saying and so at different different episodes on this podcast in the past I'm saying like I am I am the thing that I'm talking about. I do that sometimes. I do that, don't do that every time. I'm not saying that I am Christ. Just so you know, I'm not trying to say that at all. But this is an in, this is an interpretation of it. And I did wear a white shirt today. That's not that's just a coincidence. I don't normally wear a white shirt. It's just all my other shirts are dirty. Um but because Jesus might wear a white t-shirt. I don't know. 
I don't know if he does for certain, but um, Christ is a psychiatrist would be like, what's this Christ thing? Because um, that's what would come up. Like a psychiatrist would have a field day with this over with humanity. Like, why are you, are you contained by this? So why is this such a problem with you? Where it's like, it always goes back to that because, and it does always go back to that because we're always contained by it because time is one of these things that we don't understand. We aren't able to break it down and define it. And we're not able to do that because it is relatively more unintelligent to view something as one thing where it's like if you broke it down or understood time as different categories rather than that you had to name all of it one timeline then you would if you're breaking it down to call it different things then you are defining it more specifically discerning it more specifically you're you're approaching time in a more intelligent way we don't understand time because it's a it's like one thing and so and, and so the Christians look at Jesus and they say that he is the answer, he is the savior. And um, and it's like making lots of money is being, is with the rich man going, rich man trying to get into heaven. Having lots of money is the same thing as being safe too. Being saved is like having resources, being safe um, is arriving at wealth where now you're safe, you don't have to worry about what's going to happen. And it's the same like, kids can go into the can enter into the kingdom of heaven because uh they're also you understand in a position where they don't have a lot of money kids don't have any money and so they're already in kids you would know are already not in a position where they're wealthy and so can achieve that so like having a lot of wealth i guess is a little bit adulterating probably probably to obtain the wealth you maybe had to get your hands dirty or i i mean you would have had to be more wise in the ways of the world it's more adulterating probably to get more money. And so it's like, uh, um, yeah, but a psychiatrist maybe would want to bring up that to humanity. Like, what is this issue? Because humanity can't get past it. We always want this thing to be making us safe, keeping our environment safe, uh, wanting this to be the thing that makes us all all right. Jesus, Jesus is that. Jesus is like provides the standard of safety. And uh, so a psychiatrist maybe ask, a psychiatrist maybe ask what's going on. And, um, you know, it's it's just that like, so today there were like a, two or three things that I wanted to say. So Christ, I think, is kind of a different attitude than Jesus, probably, if you really want to think about it. Christ is like a different thing than Jesus. He totally is. Believe you me. Um, Christ is a different thing from Jesus. Those are different vibes, but like in Indigenous Peoples Day is a Indigenous Peoples Day is the day that they're replacing Columbus Day with. And um I live in Columbus. I kind of wonder if they're going to, are they going to change the name of Columbus, the city to indigenous peoples? They might have to if they, because it's currently named after Columbus. But what's funny is that we are very, we are very, we have a heart for the native Americans now because we're so aware and we're so good as a group of people that we recognize that we slaughtered all the Indians. 
we're like, wow, we're, we really pat ourselves on the back a lot just for recognizing this. Like, well, we remember when we slaughtered the Indians, how shitty are we? But it's almost like people love it. People love this. They're like, wow, think about that. But like people that keep bringing it up, like remember historically when we slaughtered all the Indians, people say it's to criticize our past. But like we're so good for recognizing how horrible that was, and now we want to treat the Native Americans the right way. It's like that certainly wouldn't happen today, is how people act. Even though, just look at the state of Hawaii for an for a minute. What's going on there? There's a there's Native people in Hawaii that are from there, Native Native Indigenous people to Hawaii, and. They're still living there, and they hate us, by the way. I, I wonder why. I can't imagine why that would be. Why do the people in Hawaii hate Americans? Is it because because English people just brought their English heritage over to Hawaii and then just flattened them out with it, just imposed that title over it? And like, Hawaii, now you're a United State, so deal with that. Like, um, what I'm saying is that Hawaii is not a United State because it's out in the ocean, but the United States is like, well, you're a United State now. Well, it's kind of like it's an own island with its own indigenous people, and they still live there, and we could move off of it whenever we want and be like, well, we give you back your land because we recognize the importance of indigenous people that America has taken over. That America took their land. We're like, well, we like people act like, well, if the Indians were around now, we'd give their land back, which is nowhere near the truth, because over in Hawaii, we can make them Hawaii, we can make them their own thing whenever we want. It doesn't make any sense that they're one of the states. How are they united with us when they're their own people? And it's really like the United States wanted a better brand, or they wanted like a shiny number of states, like oh, we need fifty or something. I mean, it's just like a, it's for power. We don't need Hawaii. And so if we really respected indigenous people, one thing we could concede is just this. If you really wanted 50 states, why didn't you just divide New Mexico? Um, tell me that. Tell me, why didn't you just divide New Mexico? Divide any of them. New Mexico is already a joke. Like, it's already dumb that you're, you're creating more states just to get more of them. Um, but I mean, I, I'm okay with New Mexico being a state. It's just, I'm not, not going to respect it necessarily. Like those states down there that were the latest to enter the union, I still consider them to be pretenders and the rest of the country does too. Like what is the culture of Arizona? Uh, basically none. It's just old people that retired there and now like the Phoenix Suns, even though they weren't originally from there, like I have a hard time believing in because Arizona and New Mexico should probably just have a lot of people that are na native to the area or are of Mexican heritage. Like it's almost it's just kind of like the white cultures that result the culture of New Mexico, the culture of Arizona. I have a hard time buying into that. And the rest of the country does, too. Not that, it, like, obviously every state is a little bit like that because it's not like Missouri was around for forever. But New Mexico, you're just, nobody's nobody's buying that. Nobody's like, I can't wait to figure out the foods and the, the traditions that New Mexico has created for separating itself from Mexico. New Mexico blows. Old Mexico, please. 
Old Mexico is like a thousand times better than New Mexico. Culturally speaking, New Mexico blows. There's there's nothing going on there. How am I supposed to get excited about New Mexico? That's the point that I'm making. But anyway, um, I must have spoken faster, so I actually got through a lot of things. And this is a more dense episode. Um, so Arizona is just out there, and that's that's. I, I mean, you start to think about Arizona, but we need the Grand Canyon. Got to get that Grand Canyon. Got to get that part part of it. Don't forget to include the Grand Canyon. It's what Thomas Jefferson. It's what the founding fathers said. They're like, well, all of this will be for naught if we don't one day take over Arizona and get the Grand Canyon. You know, what would really be the cherry on top is if we also took Hawaii. That's what the founding fathers said. It says it in the Constitution. It's one of the first things it says. It's like we will be getting Hawaii eventually. It's just like, seriously, stop occupying Hawaii, the United States. It Stop calling it a state um, just because the English like territory. I mean, you, you can give it back. You can give it back whenever you want. Um, they're not going to do that because there's probably some... There's Hawaii has to have a number of exports that we benefit from. America is not going to give up something that's making it money. But um, seriously, raise awareness for the for Hawaii needs to be free. But anyway, like the world may be like Jordan Peterson kept going on talking about Jordan Peterson is still on his bullshit and he is he is essentially up to no good even though it looks like he's up to good he's bringing a lot of awareness to the bible because currently I'm modern day Jordan Peterson a lot of his messages are centered around how the bible is so standard to our way of life and um it's like there are a lot of people that used to like Jordan Peterson that don't like him now just because he kept going on his bullshit. Like, he, he doesn't stay in the same place. And it's really like the things that Jordan Peterson says, people will be really excited about them in like five years. But so the things he's saying right now, people don't realize it's just kind of um, really good content that he really interesting things he's saying, I would say. But like, and maybe it's important for the world to come to grips with our relationship with Jesus or like approach approach it like it's a problem because Christians say it's the greatest answer. People who identify as sinners, people denying the reality of it, um, they, I would say that that perspective is Jesus is a problem, kind of automatic. What goes along with that is like this thing that is the greatest answer, a different perspective, which is like easily you'll find people in life who have an opposing perspective to you. Or, and they might be looking at the same thing, but they just look at it in the negative sense, opposite way. But, like, really, you can't say that there's Jesus, say it's only that he's the greatest answer, because it's like half the world is just wants nothing to do with it. And th that's the group of people that is like, this thing is actually a problem. And so, in that sense, it's like uh, maybe humanity needs to do something like approach approach what it is about the fig the it the figure the image the representation because just like psychologically speaking jesus has a major hold on the world you know um psychologically speaking we're like we can't get it out of our brains this is like a fixation 
that, uh, and if you really want to think about it, why is that the fixation? Why is that the thing? And so, like Jordan Peterson comes along, he's somebody who's up to no good, kind of like Harry Potter. Harry Potter, Harry Potter is a book series about a boy that, I mean, he's kind of like a little Satan boy who defeats the Dark Lord. And really, the Lord is dark from Satan's perspective. Like, from this, from the perspective of a little Satan boy, the Lord would be like the Dark Lord. Or it's like, that's the thing that's bad. And so, people will say, and actually Jordan Peterson says also, Harry Potter is this book series that's an analogy for Christianity, where it's like, Harry Potter is actually God's chosen servant, and he's defeating Satan. And that's what it's an analogy for. But I, th I think actually... It is not that. And, like, if you... I think if you really want to be honest about it, it's about a Satan person who wants to defeat God. That's what the books are about, and that's why it's this so profound, um, makes so much money, has such a profound impact on the world. This scenario, this world that J.K. Rowling envisioned, um, it's not easy to create new stories because we have so many... So many stories that are already around are like fairy tales and shit like that, that we're like, we're still processing them and they just keep coming up over and over again. Um, but it's hard to make new fairy tales for the modern day that are like wildly successful, that it's like you create this new vision because it, in order for it to be that successful, it does apply to the world in some sense. So it's kind of like J.K. Rowling is, I, I believe she's a Satanist, but she has Satanist she says Satanist things. She has uh, a f Latin phrase tattooed on herself. That's a, and I think she has like a satanic symbol tattooed on herself too. That is like overtly like that's one of the main Satan symbols. I think she does. But she has a phrase tattooed on her arm that says "Solve Solve et Coagul Coagula" or something, and it means dissolve and coagulate, or in other words disintegrate and integrate destroy and recreate something uh death and then rebirth but what i find important about it is that it starts with death and then it starts with destruction and then it gets better is what this phrase is saying but that's something that a satanist would have to tattooed on their arm Something a Satanist would say, Satanist has a perspective that it starts with the starts with destruction because it's supposed to be that it starts with life. But it's really like saying that death is the beginning and then after that is life. But that's that's what's unique and significant about the perspective is like it's usually always the case that we like to think of that birth starts and then death. But if you're really just if you're gonna consider the entire cycle objectively speaking there's no reason to start with birth and then say death because like uh things things die and then they're reborn um like this the seasons the leaves falling like the trees appear as dead and then they're reborn in the spring like the like, i'm just talking about cycles whatever cycle you want to picture as life and then death and then life again that keeps happening as long as it's cycling um like death and then rebirth there's no reason to start with life it's just that it's perverted to start with death and so that is like it's more perverted it's more satanist um that's what the phrase says it starts with disintegrating as opposed to integrating and um 
besides that, like recognizing those two things to be alongside each other is, is satanic, the same way that the Freemasons believe that good and evil are the same thing. Um, recognizing those things to be like equivalent is a little bit evil, like almost like recognizing the entire cycle objectively is a little bit evil. It's like the Rolling Stones. The stone keeps rolling. It's a cycle that keeps continuing rather than that we can see what you are. You're a shapeshifter or something. And that's, and um, like, it's more evil. That's why they're like the kings of rock and roll. Rock and roll is evil. If you're really good at rock and roll, you keep, you make lots of albums. Um, and you're not, and Satan is like the king of music or, or whatever. But, um, I'm just saying about how this this analogy that J.K. Rowling created, and she is a Satanist, like, those things that the Christians say about Harry Potter is evil, I think they're right. I think that it is evil because it basically chronicles uh, Satan boy defeating the Dark Lord. And so he's defeat. in my opinion, it's an analogy for how he's defeating Jesus specifically. Um, and... Um, that's what the, that's what the books are about. But he's he's just up to no good, and it says that in the books. He's like he can only get to where he's going because he's solemnly swears that he's up to no good. Um, I mean, when he opens the Marauders map or whatever, and that that helps him out. But he's worthy of it because he is a person who is up to no good. Harry Potter is a troublemaker. Really, Jordan Peterson is the same kind of thing. But he's probably somebody who's trying to bring about the next things that we're going to have to process in life. I think that what is coming in the future maybe in the near future, maybe in the far future, I don't know, is more of a um, ultimatum of sorts or some, we need to recognize what is it, what is our relationship to Christ. And Christians, I would say, are right in some senses because all they can talk about is the importance of the relationship to Christ. And I feel like what, I feel like they are projecting in some senses a need on behalf of all of humanity to uh, acknowledge that everybody in the world has this relationship to Christ, I would argue, because we're all counting his years. Everybody literally has a relationship to do this, to this the same way that time is relative and speaking of time generates discussion of relative truths and, and relationships. Like, for example, the relationship of Jupiter to the sun is what determines what is the perception of time on Jupiter, like how long a year is, or uh, it's spinning in a day, time and relationships just go hand in hand. And Christians are always like, it's about the relationship. And relativity and relationships, that is, uh, that's always dictating what the specific perception of time is. And the world's specific perception of time is, is a certain thing, but then we name it something um, to get even more I mean, it's a little bit like get. F it's like f removing yourself from reality, but uh, reality isn't that great. Like, so I'm. I'm not saying that. Um, I'm saying that maybe the world needs to come to terms with this relationship that they have, process it, and it's like not. It's not something that's going to make me want to go to church, because I know what the church's version of Christ is. And I am, I'm disagreeing with that. I'm presenting my own version of it. And so just, just so you know, but yes, basically those are the things that I wanted to say. And I will, 
I will continue to explain what I'm doing with this podcast. Also, I realized in the past episode, like, the entire thing is, wasn't a joke. Like, it was a joke. It's kind of serious. I did realize as I was as I was going into making that episode that, like, maybe I do want to stop this version of this podcast and then maybe I... Maybe I will make this a finite number of episodes. It'll definitely be more than 100, but I think I will stop counting the number and then I'll take a break the same way I did between this one and Identity. Um, I think maybe I'll have a finite number of episodes for this and then I'll take a break and then uh, do something else after that, after I take a break from it, uh, possibly. I think I believe that that's what I want to do with it now. And um, it's like initially when I started out, I'm like, maybe this will be the thing that I do forever because currency is like, you could make it go forever because as long as it's current. And that's partially why I title it that. But um, yes, like a finite number of episodes and and um, I want to present a complete thought maybe is what I realized. And so I, I'm... Um, Yes, I was sort of serious, sort of joking, but thanks for listening. Uh, Subscribe to my YouTube, comment underneath it, comment what you want. It is controversial, we're talking about Christ, so. But you don't have to if you don't feel compelled. Did you know that, did you know about the things that you don't have to do as spoken to you by me? I hope so. Um, Talk to you later.